All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Ali Show. And today we have um, our first female guest on the show, um, the champ herself, the IMF um, 2019 um, champion. Um, well, she got gold at the uh, World Championships in Bahrain, was it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm actually glad to, to have you because... Um, I've actually had like three guys on the show. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we were just talking to the other guests the other day. And I was just telling him like, hey, bro, I think we should get a, a female on the show, you know? Yeah. And she was like, um, oh, it's actually Cairo. And then we we're talking about like a few people. And then I said, oh, what about Michelle? She's the, you know, the MMA champ. We should get her <laughs> on. But anyway, um, Michelle, oh. how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. It's a beautiful day here in Manamata. A beautiful yeah. day to be inside. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me on your podcast. And yeah, look forward to My seeing pleasure. It it's, yeah. just, it's an honor to have you here, um, really, and I appreciate you taking the time to come mm-hmm. here and talk to us as well. Yeah. For the people who don't know, um, we have Michelle Montague here. Um, could you give us a brief introduction about yourself? Yeah, uh, so born and raised here in Matamata and grew up playing rugby and playing around on the farm where my parents were share milking. So pretty outdoorsy and physical from the get-go. And then... Um, throughout school and that was still playing rugby even after school and then uh, discovered MMA and wrestling would only have been uh, six years ago probably Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so as soon as I discovered them I was just all day every day what I wanted to do um, until I had to start working again and yeah just haven't stopped since except for some gnarly injuries I haven't stopped since yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about your um, early beginnings uh, coming about in MMA, hmm. how did you, you know, six years ago, I think maybe it wasn't, wasn't it wasn't really oh, a... Oh, sorry, bit... four years ago. Oh, four I was years thinking ago. 2016 and I said six years, sorry. <laughs> no, it's a stretch, four years ago. Okay, so four, four, years ago. four years ago. Yeah, yeah. How did you, um, like, what made you want to get into MMA? Um, I was just literally on YouTube and I was, like, was flicking through popular videos like, and this thing came up with like some chick called Ronda Rousey at the time and I was like, uh, yeah. what is <laughs> We remember that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when just when she was like, like booming onto the scene mm. and like, it was just the name. So mm. I watched these videos not knowing anything. I don't know what judo was, wrestling, like not in the traditional sense and no idea what, you know, I just had only heard of some of the striking sports really, but I was playing rugby. So um yeah so i had watched some of those videos and then as soon as i started playing rugby over in waikato i um i just googled up like mma jim hamilton because that's where i was going to be playing so looked it up and then found core mma and at that time wasn't working i was just just training so i would go to morning class lunch class the three night classes every day there's nothing else oh, to that's do. Pretty, that's pretty yeah, full yeah, on, yeah. So um, not long after, I feel it was only a, within a couple of months of starting, I had my first uh, amateur MMA fight. Um, within the first few the first few months? Yeah, it was something like that. Um, wow. it, was a few, it was a few of us girls that were new enough at it, but still had enough, like, maybe athleticism to get us by. One mm. of the couple of girls had some good boxing backgrounds. Um, mine was just probably athleticism and ruthlessness and yeah. uh yeah like that would have just been i'd done heaps of the little grappling comps but um nothing apart from that so yeah we jumped in it was uh at the aba in auckland princess of pain back when that was about and heaps yeah. of women were always on these cards you know a few times a year mm. um yeah i had the first fight and even my parents were like yep okay that's me yeah, <laughs> yeah. how was your how's your your family's reaction when you first started like when you wanted to move from rugby to mma um, well, I was doing rugby and MMA at, for the first, like, for half the time I've been doing it for the first couple of years. Um, it, I just, I broke my leg in a rugby game, Ow. I think not long after my second fight, mm. when I was um, packing on some weight and I was playing in a couple of different positions, you know, I broke my leg pretty early in this game and that stopped me for, you know, nine months or whatever it is all up, you know, rehab included. So they were... They already am used to be getting injured in rugby, um, whether it's head clashes or um, getting a bit ruthless with another someone else in the field or whatever it is. You get rucked, you get tackled, things bruise and break. So it already had that stuff. They're pretty conditioned to me just doing um, crazy stuff. And yeah. as a kid too, like I was running around, like riding the calves around the like calf pen. So mm. again, injury, like asking for injuries really. Yeah. So when I started doing May, they were like, oh, mm. 
that's my daughter getting punched in the face, but they have no say. Mm. They have a say in what I do, but they know that I'm so stubborn. Once I want to do something, I'm just going to do it. Mm. Um, I've gotten better at like, you know, looking holistically is this the best choice. But back in the day, I was like, I want to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So yeah, that, I remember after my first fight, um, I how how was that? How yeah. was like the nerves for that? <laughs> well, I remember, um, I remember that was my first thing where I'd had to weigh in, except for like grappling comps, right? Where yeah. it's like not such a major. You just weigh what you weigh not for the so. girls anyway. Yeah, they give me a shock. Oh yeah, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. taco, and uh, yeah, so. I actually had to weigh in for, you know, like a fight weight. And I think we agreed on 68, me and this other girl uh, and our coaches. And I weighed in. I was like lean as. I was super excited. I weighed in at like just under 67. So a kilo and a half under. And I was like, cool. Yeah, that's great. And Mm. then she weighed in like a hoodie and everything and was under, still lighter than me. And I was like, oh. (laughs) So I immediately felt like on the – on the strong side of that, like I felt mm. really good that I, I was just the big one. It's mm. like it can be intimidating if someone's big. I can be, I'm not saying it always is, but it, I feel like I like being the big one. Mm. For me, I'm not like a speed athlete. Is it like a mental? Yeah, it's a thing. mental thing. Like mm. when you're doing your your like face off and you're wider and taller, and she's like down there. It felt like oh, okay, I'm less stressed now because my first fight. How, how did she look as well when she, you you guys were having a stare? Uh, the girls had, were having a stare yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. She, she had a little smirk. Like, it wasn't, she wasn't cocky or nothing. Mm. She just had like a little like nervous smile. And for me, I was just like stone cold. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ready to put someone in the hospital. Yeah, but she was out there to fight, and you know, as well. And uh, it was both our first fight. Mm. So, um, yeah. And then we, I remember watching the video. I still want to watch the video. I'm like, man, it's, it's just like, yeah, it's it's pretty all over the show, but it just it was in the first round. Uh, ended up getting throw or takedown, something like that. There, I can't remember exactly. It was a few little bit. It's a flurry of strikes around the outside. She was backing up and then got it to the ground and then got her with a guillotine in the first round. So it wasn't oh, wow. like a super. It was a, it was like what you could ask was a best version of first fight. There wasn't like. There wasn't broken bones. Mm. No one had like a busted up face. No big injuries. Yeah, and it's B class amateur, so you're all shin padded and um, you know, bigger gloves and stuff as well. And you can't do a range of strikes that that are gnarly. So uh, it was pretty forgiving in that sense. But I know, I remember as soon as I got out, and I was all like buzzing in that there. And yeah, you must my, be. My, a, yeah, my dad was first like, round, first my dad's fight. like, okay, cool. You've ticked that box. You've tried it now. What's next? Nibble, <laughs> no, soccer. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, you're good, Grant. Yeah, little did he realize it's not oh, going to no, stop. He, he knew. He yeah, knew, but yes. like a little part of him was like, oh, are we are we good now? Leave it there. That's night. We're just starting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once you have that first fight and that first, you know, regardless of win or loss, yeah. I feel that, you, you know, you start to, you know, build up that you know that passion for yeah, it yeah absolutely yeah yes. it becomes more addictive you see all the things you didn't do very great and you think wow i can spend the next however long focusing on that and even before i think about fighting again or you look at the stuff you did well after like a short amount of training you think wow i'm stoked that i was able to pull that off um you know so for me that was a huge benefit of it being mm. able to look back and be like wow i know this is going to be a good viewpoint when i've had like my 20th fight and i can look back and think this is how far we've come yeah that's yeah. it and i think one of the big ones is the adrenaline rush you oh, get yeah just yeah. before the fight which is so weird like you don't really hear people like people don't really talk about it but there's mm. the a certain adrenaline rush you get before the fight yeah and just as soon as the fight starts that's it that's gone yeah it's like addictive feeling eh? like yeah. I've, I've done buddy jumps and i did a skydive and that feeling is amazing that adrenaline is. rush even like sometimes you like stand close to a cliff and your legs go Whoo, and you're like that's nice yeah don't want to jump off but yeah <laughs> so the same thing you get that um and nothing will replicate it like not sparring mm. like nothing can replicate that exact moment when you go out that's it and like i remember at worlds it was like my first fight i was so nervous for it was like you know you see russia when you go to like wrestling anywhere or, or any sport really you see russia on the list and you're like my god like really yeah. i pulled russia so i had this thing in my head i wasn't back like i wasn't backing out of nothing but i was like okay i've got to really like i'm expecting her to want to wrestle hard out and mm. that's what i want to do i guess so it a was bit cool, of that but, sambo yeah i wasn't sure right? so and and yeah she had like her togs on underneath her um her uh, fight shorts and I was like oh yeah she's definitely gonna wrestle yeah she didn't at all we um I only went to the ground when I souped her and that was it and the and at the end there but 
Um, but yeah, that was a different feeling. Like each different fight, you've, I've felt something different for it. And I've either been like super calm and like, oh, cool. I've had two fights where I've been like, oh, shit. Like mm. I'm a little, like I'm actually like a, choking up a little bit here inside, a little bit nervous. Yeah. Like the, actually way mm. more than I would for some of the others. And then, yeah, I feel like it. it, it um, you can't really control. Uh, like, yeah, it depends on so many circumstances. Yeah. Maybe like your weight cut, if it went smooth you're probably going to feel a lot better, you know. Um, then there's the size factor. If they're towering over you, you can't help but be like, oh, that's going to be harder to get them to the ground probably. Mm. Like all sorts of things will make you react a different way, you know. The, if right. there's a crowd, if there's no crowd, if your yeah. family's there, if they're not there. And that plays a part as well and people are looking, Yeah, you know, if it's being right streamed live, if it's not. Like all yeah. these little things. So that's why you really have to go in and, and like, like two things, you got to go in and have none of that in your brain because it's mm. there whether you think about it or not, it's still there. Mm. So you might as well get it out your head and focus on your one job. Yeah, and you do your you just you know want to do the best that you can do. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and like, all you can and like for me it will because it's so it's so easy to lay there at night before your fight and the whole next day and everything and be like stressing about it. Um, it, however, you can't. You once you're in the cage, like you said, once as soon as you start, that feeling goes. Yeah, you're just you're going through it now. You're just thinking on the spot. But everything before that, you're predicting, you're thinking about it, like you're visualizing it happening. Okay, if she does this, you can't do the whole plan, the whole fight in your head because you don't know exactly what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Like, so what I kept doing is just all I would do is just picture me going out, like touching gloves of them if it was someone that, like, we had, like, the old nod, yet we're doing it kind of thing. Mm. Or just gotta be careful with that touch gloves thing as well. Eh? <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's a bit dangerous. I don't like you gotta look at who you're fighting. Yeah, oh yeah, I wouldn't do it just to nobody. It yeah. was only um it was only in the final I can't remember the other I think it might have just been the final, but that was my own teammate that I was fighting and we'd fought before as well. So we had talked about it the day before because we were like, look, we are gonna fight each other. So we're just gonna go in as two athletes and fight. It's not going to be our coaches trying to do anything. It's just us go in there and see who's. Yeah, better. that that one was a, yeah. that one's I very think she interesting. Was yeah. me. Like, so we agreed. Like, yeah, okay, sweet. We're gonna go in, hug, like, sweet, and then then we're on free. Yeah. Let's go. And we put, uh, our, we put our friendship in. aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we went to go in and hug, and and she thought we were like saying about faking it, or and I was stressed out that she was gonna like hit me. So I went in, my guard came up, and yeah. then we like hugged, and it was all good. And then we were like, sweet, we're away. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Start. Let's start now. I know. Yeah, that that's that's one's quite dangerous. Like you know, you see a few fighters actually get caught mm. when they're trying to do that. You know, yeah. when they were actually just trying to do. But that's the thing. It's a good you way have... to gauge your distance, though. You're yeah. both putting your arm out. You can yeah. be like, oh, okay, that's how far away they are when their arms out. Yeah, like there's <laughs> yeah, there's different ways. You know yeah. how you can use that yeah. to your advantage. But like um, you've got to be careful because you know once that bell rings, you know exactly. Yeah, there's no more. Yeah. No more being nice. No, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. You can swear. It doesn't matter. Yeah, good. Um. So talking about um back to the early beginnings, um, how was it you? Uh, so while you were f when you when you first started training, um, at the beginning, and you just kept going. So you were just full time training, like you uh, were you working and yeah, uh, it was about I think it was only maybe four weeks worth. Um, I've been playing rugby in America, and so when I came home, I knew that I was going to start um doing rugby training and trial for the team. So. I was, I'd come home from there. I'd had, you know, savings in that there. And it, when you're, how old was I? Maybe like 20, 21 mm. sort of thing. So I just sort of used that up while I was living, like renting over in Hamilton just for that, like four weeks. And because I Googled this gym, I had something to do every night and day. You mm. know, was, I was going was from pretty, there. Yeah. Uh, when did Core uh, open? Or was, it, was it quite new then? Uh, no, it had been open for a wee while then. Not sure mm. exactly how many years, but mm. it had been open. They had started, like, uh, Carlo and the guys had started in, like, probably a shed not much bigger than mm. my dojo here. Mm. Um, and then they had a, like, slightly bigger thing, maybe, like, eight of these rooms kind of size. And now mm. they've got the big gym where, like, a big appliance store used to be. Mm. Um, so it had been around a little bit already. Um, but yeah, definitely was a very small scale version of what it is now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you started training there. So that four weeks, you just dedicated yourself to learning mm. the sport. Mm -hmm. So like not only just like kickboxing, grappling, basically everything. Yeah. And so how do you um how do you find that whole experience there? Like you know, just um, yeah. from rugby yeah. <laughs> with that shift. Well, or, I was literally was going. Like? I wasn't shifting either. I was literally. So I'd wake up and I'd go to. The morning there was jiu-jitsu and lunchtime was jiu-jitsu. So it's, it's a stronger jiu-jitsu-based gym 
then other areas or at that time more so now there's a like a huge striking contingent there like mm. um but back then it seemed more jujitsu based um and so i'd do that in the morning and lunch and then in the evening on two of the nights a week was rugby so i'd go to rugby training and then i'd come to the gym change my gears because it'd be like rainy days like this change gears and then i'd get on the mat and do that for the next three hours so for me, I was just so hungry to learn and it was so addictive. It is super addictive. Like at the start when you learn, you start piecing things together and you watch it and you're like, how is that even like a real sport? Mm. Like laying on your back doing stuff. And as soon as you watch it like twice and you start to learn it, it's like it all just like blows your mind. <laughs> mm, it is. It, it, it's it's a very interesting sport, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. And then so training rugby and like doing jiu-jitsu training or just the whole MMA training mm. during that time, it must have been tiring. Whoa. You would think so. <laughs> Maybe for the average person, yes. But mm. um, yeah, I seem to have like some endless go-go juice thing going on. But I, yeah, it was... Full it was of all, energy. Yeah, it was all so new to me. So mm. coming and playing rep rugby after just having been in, uh, I guess, high school stuff before that or maybe a lower level stuff in the States, mm. there's not really like a big club rugby like high level scene so coming back i was so like that was such an amazing environment to be part of and then to be a part of the um to be a part of some, learning something new like mma it was all for me just i was just drooling over it you know all this new stuff to learn my physical like strength being it can be an asset as well but it's so mental so there was no part of it that bored me mm -hmm. so it was it physically and mentally did not tie me out you know mm. and i wasn't except for that one fight i wasn't dropping weight because i was playing rugby yeah. so wherever i did a grappling comp i just weighed in at what i weighed you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i wasn't bothered about that yeah and so i see you, you just kept going competing and um man just so people know um michelle has got like um you've got a lot of accomplishments you've won a lot of comps you know, I've seen some of the stuff that oh, she actually has a YouTube channel as well. <laughs> so um, if people are watching, subscribe to her YouTube channel as well. And um, you can see some of her achievements and um, yeah, some of her many achievements. Um, you know, I saw it was like jujitsu comms, wrestling comms mm. and uh, oh, talking about rescue, you know, wrestling comms. Um, there was once I saw you put up, you actually went to a comp. And there were no female competitors. There's like all the time for us girls in New Zealand. There's, and you yeah. <laughs> competed with the males. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those comps, in your same weight category. Um, no, so, uh, so for comps that aren't like a big national or like Oceania kind of one, yeah, they um let us do that just to get mat time. So there's okay. wrestling is so small in New Zealand. I mean, especially for women. So mm. we have um three senior women and all three of us are different weight groups and one doesn't train in New Zealand she's an Aussie so we like that would be the one maybe we could meet in the middle and have mm. matches but so the other two of us are so far apart in weight like we're not going to wrestle yeah not a chance you know I'm like 10 kilos mm. heavier so um yeah but we train with guys all the time and I grew up playing rugby with the guys so it, for me it's just it's like nothing different yeah, no, no you know you're not running there. at each other with a ball trying to tackle yeah. them at the knees so no. this seems a lot safer mm. um yeah, so there was, yeah, that was the recent one. There was no girls in that one, but um, there was three guys that were like, yep, sweet, we'll have a match with you. And they're within my range. They're probably like somewhere between low 70s to 80, you know, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. And You actually beat them, eh? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I beat them. <laughs> Two of them were new, but they were at least big enough to hold their own. Mm. So, um, and one of them does jiu-jitsu, so he knew en enough to like like actually have a match. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I'm all just grateful to have guys that like can put their ego aside and be like, "Yep, so you have a match. I don't yeah. care what happens. I'll try." And they don't try any less, mm. or hope they don't. Hopefully, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah I, I mean, well, <laughs> I think it's, it's quite hard. It like depends if I went with a guy that is he's d done wrestling for ages. No matter what his weight is, I'm pretty sure he'll like. There's no point having an exhibition match and just pinning them in ten seconds. Mm. The point of exhibition is get mat time and that's not a long time so yeah um but i do yeah i try to get matches that will at least be you know more equal for me not um not some guy that's gonna go out there and actually smash me and try and like you know mm. i don't want to get hurt in something like an exhibition match you know precisely yeah. gain nothing out of it then that's yeah. right so like um competing um on a national level and uh, going to international events and all that mm. that was the other thing i wanted to talk about um was it hard to keep up with like the you know attending 
all these competitions, competing and like training as well. How do you manage your time around all of that? Is this for like all the sports? Yeah, like yeah. in general, because you do, you do, you know, you compete in. Mm. It is tricky. Um, the So the good part with the MMA side is all these other little like break-offs actually help that, right? So if I'm doing a wrestling tournament or a grappling tournament, like it definitely helps my MMA skills yet. So that's a huge bonus. And you can't be, say, having an MMA fight every weekend or every other weekend, but you can certainly do a grappling competition. So it's good to go out there and constantly practice like that competition mindset, going in, like taking the pressure off and just being able to perform um, in the match that counts. Mm, because being you able can to be amazing relaxed. at training and rolling and sparring. Mm. But if you can't translate that to, you know, a match or a fight, mm. Um, then there's some work to do. So that's that's the thing there is actually practicing it. So that all benefits. Um, wrestling obviously is a little different because um, sometimes you can get disheartened if there's no one like in your exact like gender and weight group. But as soon as you get over that, like it's, it's um, there's a lot of training partners out there and people to have matches with that can really help your game. So at the start, it was a little bit like, oh, like, this is a shame like that there's no one to go with or whatever. But now as, as you get maybe better or stronger, you can like hang out with the boys a bit more and actually get some really good training off them. Mm. Um, so there's no there's no reason why that's a drama either. Uh, the tricky part obviously is with certain comps that we have to do to um, qualify for the next thing. So these comps to qualify for nationals, to qualify for Oceania's, to qualify for the Olympic trials. So all those things lead on to the next one. So if you have a clash... You, you really have to choose the, the one that big picture will, you know, connect the dots. Mm -hmm. If I skip a wrestling tournament and do some grappling one instead and then I don't qualify because I haven't ticked that box, you know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to set myself up. So that's the only probably tricky part is a little bit of overlapping there. It definitely involves a lot of money as well, mm. you know. Paying gym membership, paying for trainings, yeah. coaches, recovery, nutrition. There's just so many things. Yeah. How did you deal with that, you know, when you when you were mm. going at a you know competitive level? Yeah. At the start, um I I knew kind of enough to eat to like I guess stay lean, but in no way was I probably fueling my body enough. So I did that for like the last like four years probably um so that's not a huge expense in that side there it, it would be like the travel probably you know 100 bucks a week on gas stuff like that there but i've done it since like for six years now since i've been playing rugby i did it so i'm very used to that yeah because uh, yeah. just, just to stop you there when you talk about travel for gas you actually travel quite a bit because this was what we were talking about earlier yeah because you live about 45 minutes out yeah. of um hamilton and that will be two hours and 15 minutes out of Auckland, which is where you usually train, Hamilton and Auckland. Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's actually, <laughs> that's like, it requires a lot of commitment for you yeah. to, you know. It's a time management. Like, I, yeah. I value time more than, like, a dollar sign. For me, it's it's more stressful to run out of time or to travel the way somewhere and have it, like, cancelled or forget something. That, for me, is way more stressful than the money side. But for, obviously, I've been working full-time, throughout this whole thing, except for like little bits of training camp. Um, like at Viking Kikes, they've let me do like say two or three days a week, something like that to allow me to train as much or more than I'm working. Um, just to be on that same level or try to get to that next level where I can be, you know. Yeah. Another shock <laughs> there again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he likes me, eh? But now yeah. like I've been so, um, so grateful. So like nutrition, I don't have to like think about what I'm eating with the fight dietitian. He can like, um, you know, prescribe me what a to shout have. Up. There's a shout hey. up there. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, then Swell Foods came on board mm. and sponsored me meals. So that was, sponsor. a, yeah. so that was a big one there that I was actually prepping all my meals. And that was a huge time for me, like buying it all, prepping it all, 
you know, a couple of hours a week, that that was a drag. Yeah. So now not having to do that. Food prep is a big one. It yeah, takes yeah. up like quite a but bit it's, of time. It, but it's so important. Like there's things you can have like tins of chicken and tuna and corn thins. There's bits and pieces you can have like that. But it, how are you going to do that for 12 months of a year? Yeah. No, you need, and there's times you need more, times you need less. And you need mm. to have a variation of things. So, yeah, there's um there's been a lot of sponsors that have come on and helped me with just supplying like the things that I need. Like, clothing or like for training food a lot of food stuff protein stuff of scorpion saps and bootleg jerky so all those guys coming on another sponsor there <laughs> but honestly without the people like that there and being able to hold fundraisers um quiz nights um doing little auctions and raffles for things you know they give me stuff that i can auction off raffle off so um i really feel like it's a family for me like these like are my actual team i'm not just some random number on a list that they just flick something to mm. they actually care about what i'm doing and want to help me in the way that they can so like talking about the uh you know back on the topic of the sponsors so like i you know that was one of the things that um you know there's there's actually a lot of talent you know here mm. and i feel like there's not enough sponsors or backing you know not only just, well, financially, yes. And uh, there could be a lot of other stuff as well. You know, there's so many there's so many talented individuals here and they're just not getting enough support. You know, that was one of the things that, um, you know, I was just discussing today with a friend of mine uh, about this. And like, you know, you look at some of the athletes in the other countries, you know, they have so much support and backing. Government funding, yeah. Yeah, government funding as well. And which was what um I was like, I was a bit shocked uh, when I actually read an article um, that you actually had to fund yourself to get to the uh, world champs in Bahrain. Yeah. Was that right? Yes, I think that's all right though because um, mm. yeah. So for me, I didn't go and I would never look at something like that. For me, I've done. I had done it then. I had MMA fights, amateur fights, obviously still amateur, but by then I'd only done for IMF the Oceania champs. So I was literally just another name on a bit of paper. There would have been no reason for them to be like, oh, hey, look, we'll fly you in because we really want you to be able to come and not be stressed by the money side. At that stage, like I hadn't earned that. So for me to find my own way there, oh, yep, that's definitely mm. what should happen. I was blessed of that one. I had um, Rupert Bain, who's got red bricks, like he um, is a real estate agent, so him and his wife. So they, he sat me down and was like, and reached out to me and said, look, I'd, I'd like to pay X amount for this trip. And he covered like literally half the cost of what I had to do. Mm. Uh, and well, that's pretty, yeah, pretty man. impressive, eh? So like he covered that. And just because he'd been seeing me train for, since he, since I began, he'd been there as well. Um, and he, he just was so keen to support. So huge ups to him like for me yeah, there's definitely bigger. there's yeah. definitely a few special individuals you know um, yeah. who, who are close to you or who know you they will support you mm. you know even when they don't have much to give yeah i really think you need to um even at whatever level whether you've done worlds and won it or you haven't gone for me i think you have to be proactive about it and it doesn't mean sitting there on your instagram and going hey do you want to sponsor me some clothes like no like yeah, mom has a gym clothing company she gets that so often but what I think we should be doing as athletes is, okay, we have, we want to get sponsored by, we need some help with say this food thing or whatever. Okay. Well, what can I offer them? You write that down. And then should I be buying their product already or buy some at least before I ask them for something? Yes, you should. Yeah, you've uh, got to try it first yeah, before yeah. you want to yeah, be you an ambassador. Be, right? You need to be, um, you know, why would they give you something for free when you've never bought anything of these and you're just mm. messaging them, asking them. So I think being proactive in how we go about um, sponsorship. So that's a huge one saying, hey, look, I can offer you da 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 da. That's what I did with the um the bootleg jerky guys, you know. Yeah. I, I, Businessman mindset just oh, came yeah, in. Yeah, probably from my dad, but they said, "Hey, we can um here's a discount code. Try something." It was just like a little random promo type thing that like see my world stuff, and then I was oh before worlds they'd see me fighting in that there, and uh, I was I said back, "Oh, I actually have a counter offer. What about da da da?" And I actually for me the power of I, negotiations. <laughs> eh? Yeah, I think. If you go in with the right attitude and the right demeanor, people will listen to you. And Definitely. the worst thing they 100%. can say is, oh, hey, we can't afford that right now. Or we could maybe this small amount or this thing, whatever. It depends on the scale of the business yeah, right? as well, they can how maybe big say, they are. Like, mm. oh, we'll give you product. And then at some point when we can, we would like to give you money. So I think it's a really um, positive way to look at it is say, hey, what can I do for them? Mm. Have I actually supported them at any point as a company and bought off them or you know shouted them out, all that sort of stuff? 
Um, and then the other thing we can do for that sort of those comps is is hosting like raffles and quiz nights and things like that, which all you have to do is supply your own effort and energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll probably pop in a few prizes. And I think sitting there and going, why aren't, why do I have to pay for all this myself? You know, I think people need to be really proactive about it. And then um, maybe IMF will, you know, help me get to competitions going forward after, you know, winning it maybe. So mm. I think maybe, maybe I earn it, maybe I don't. So that's saying that again, you can have that conversation with them with a little bit of leverage now, eh? Yeah, that, yeah. there has to be, you know, some form of benefit on both sides, exactly. you know? Yeah. And um, that's like some people, I believe they feel like, you know, I'm just going to ask for it and, yeah. you know, I, I deserve it. I get it. But like, yeah. what do you have to offer? You exactly. Know? Yeah. What, um, you know, what, what can you do for us? You know, yeah. that like sort if, of thing. If you're sitting there asking for a sponsor, but you've got like a social media page, it doesn't matter if you don't have many followers maybe, but like you go on there and it's all negativity and you've got, mm. you're, like, you're setting a bad image for yourself. I'm like, yeah. tidy that up present yourself a wee little package mm. to them, you know, because you are your own business at that point when you're trying to get sponsorship. They're, they're you, buying into you. You're basically your own brand. Exactly. You, you absolutely know? are. Mm-hmm. And so you want to, like, put a good image, you know, so, like, if you, yeah, like what you said, you know, if you don't portray a good image, like, nobody's really want to gonna associate themselves with you. Yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes people need to look back at themselves and have a little, do a little checklist on am I doing the right things that people would want to like align their brand with me and then if not clean it up and then you know show them what you can offer so you you've actually been around um quite a bit um traveling for overseas competitions Mm. um what has been the most interesting one for you and uh, could you share any like interesting stories Mm. of the trips maybe that's a goodie um so kazakhstan was definitely just a very different place um i felt very comfortable there uh in the way that it wasn't um you know pristine shiny things everywhere and like like bahrain where we were staying in felt like that yeah as soon as you walk you know down into the other areas of yeah. like alleyways and it turned a bit more normal yeah but um yeah i found kazakhstan very normal across everywhere that we went i found it very interesting um you know looking at the mosques and looking at this the design and the malls and the way they make circle for a little like country girl like me it was all pretty um fascinating yeah yeah it was fascinating yeah yeah. it was fascinating and a big trip to get there too and some crazy airport experiences with customs and stuff like that so those always stick in your brain maybe as not great experiences but i thought bahrain was amazing um i found the hospitality the people um the the weather everything just how was the weather there it was beautiful yeah 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 pretty lucky yeah, it was amazing. So I felt, even from the moment um, I got off the plane and into the airport, I felt like I was meant to be there. It was the weirdest feeling ever. I, I, I don't really know how to fully explain it, and it sounds a little bit gypsy, but that's cool. You kind uh, of visualized it before. It had a, well, I had no idea what to... It's hard to visualize something that you've never seen. Mm. So all I could do was just um, like embrace it for, as it happened. Mm. So that was one thing I couldn't really visualize. So... Um, yeah, so when we got off the plane, I actually felt like butterflies almost like, oh, I'm so ready to be here. I'm so right to be here. Like we'd wanted to go to Worlds the year before, but I broke my leg. Um, so it was a it was a long time coming for what I felt like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So when you like it's it's that feeling you get, um it's pretty weird, you know. I've had I've had a few of those, like, you know, like hey, man, did I actually like dream about this before? Yeah. Or have I been here before? Like, you know, mm. like, and then you realize that, no, I've actually never been here before. And just, yeah. you just have that different feeling. Yeah. Sometimes you visualize it so much that you actually have to like pinch yourself. Have I been here before? Or is this like brand new for me? Yeah. yeah I felt like that when, um, when I went into the cage for the final, because I was visualizing, visualizing it so much. Cause by then we knew who was in the final for two days. Mm. Um, uh, I think so. Yeah. So I had enough time to really go through everything. And because it was someone that had fought before, like I really could visualize it all. Like I, I was pretty comfortable with what I thought would happen. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, yeah. the, was it the final with your teammate? Yeah, Mal Webster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How 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 was that? Tell us about that particular experience fighting against your own teammate. How 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 did you? The, the so it felt like any other fight in terms of you you can literally yeah you're both there to, like potentially knock the other person out or submit them or anything like that. So that had all the same risks there. There was just a slightly different feeling. At one point, 
I think when I was on top and I actually was like, oh, I really don't want to lay the heaviest hands. Like you just, that's your teammate. You yeah, can, the back of your you mind don't is have, there. Like, I hate, mm. no, nah, you should never, like, how do I explain this? You always go in 100%. You're there to win. They're there to win. You know the risks associated, so go in 100%. Mm. But if you have a little tiny way to win right there, without being an absolute dickhead, mm. I think you should probably, you know, save face a little. Um, Not as much injury. Oh, yeah, I think so. And mm. if I see if it was between injuring them or losing, then obviously they're going to get injured. Yeah. But when that's... Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, when that's not the odds there. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was an interesting one. And I think, obviously, the fact that she knew what I wanted to do for this particular fight. Like, I was happy standing in the other two fights. Um, and they just ended up going to ground towards uh, end there. But with this one, like, we both knew that oh, yeah, I'm keen to, like, not if around here and, like, and, and managed to get the takedown at the start. And she knew that I was wanting that and I knew that she was wanting to not let me get that. So that was one thing that we both really knew because we've had discussions after our last fight and, you know, mm. joked about it and things. Yeah. But how, how did it feel when you won that fight, got your hand raised after four years of, like, you know, oh, training yeah, yeah, and then yeah. getting to that level? That's, that's pretty impressive, you know, not... Well, well, only a certain, like, very small percentage of people would actually experience that. Mm, it was, uh, when, so, even each fight felt, like, amazing in itself. I went back to my room, I got on my knees, and I was, like, nearly crying each time because I was, like, wow, this is, after I won the fight for the semifinal, I had that, that feeling, like, oh, my gosh, okay, don't freak out, you're in the final. Okay, like, yeah, it's I was not just, over like, yet. I, I knew, like, I knew I was going to get there in my little, in my brain where I was trying to visualize everything. That's what I knew. Um but yeah, when I was actually in there and had won the fight, both of us smiled at each other straight away and hugged. That was the first thing me and my teammate slash opponent did. Yeah. Uh, we hugged each other straight away because she did way better than she thought she was going to do. We mm. were all like, yes, you absolutely were going to get first or second. Mm. Um, so I was so stoked for her, lifted her up and like hugged her. And it was a special moment, I think, because it wasn't a stranger in there. It was mm. my teammate. Yeah. So it was really special to like be able to hug her and both of us be happy. Yeah, Not right. someone else where you're like picking them off the floor and they low-key hate you. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so one of my coaches came in. So Matt Toa and Carlo Meister came in. And, you know, Carlo's pretty straight face, chill, like, yeah, all good. And then Matt looked at my face and I was like, started to break up my face. I was like really close to crying as I had my hand up and he goes, keep it together. together. <laughs> <laughs> he literally told me to keep it together because he's like, because he could see I was going to do some like gnarly, ugly cry. Yeah. So then there's this photo of me like half wincing with my arm up because I was so close to crying. And then as soon as we left that, um, I had to go uh, get, drug tested so um i went into there and because i'd just done that and you know the sh fight was short i didn't want to drink too much beforehand obviously mm -hmm. you go pee beforehand i couldn't i just so i spent hours like straight after the fight sitting in there waiting yeah rehydrating and trying to go you know it was, hot, yeah. <laughs> it was like damn <laughs> yeah you just want to you just want to yeah, like celebrate yeah, but that's part of it and i think obviously the silver lining is that it's cool they do drug tests and that's what mm -hmm. i don't want to be in there with someone that's juiced up yeah, you know definitely. amateur mma there's no money involved why are you like yeah. why would people need to be doing that yeah, so that's... i love that they are doing that and trying to get it towards being an Olympic sport. Yeah, that's that's the other one talking about, you know, getting juiced up, you know, like, <laughs> man, in the amateurs, getting juiced up. Well, I mean, some people, you know, when maybe they get pushed to, mm. you know, far enough, yeah. Yeah. And they they want to do it, but like, what's it worth really, you yeah. know? So, well, good that they actually have a, like a good drug testing program Absolutely, and you yeah. know, keep, keep the sport drug safe because it, it is a dangerous sport, you know? Yeah. It is very dangerous sport. So, you got to be sure, you know, you mm. see some, some athletes, you know, they just, well, uh, the, you know, there's a lot of different opinions about that. Like, um, you know, you hear people say that, you know, there's a lot of people who are actually getting juiced. But well, they've done it and they've cycled out of it and now yeah. they're doing their sport and they're clean. Yeah. But your bodies, like there's female fighters obviously out there that have been pinged for it before and they've had that suspension time and they come back. I'm like, what do you think? All the benefits you had just go away? No, your body mm. is now... Yeah, you've actually you've actually got or you've you've tapped into something that you know normally mm. people can't. No, absolutely, and I think that's bullshit. Like, yeah, it is. like I mean, it's hard though because obviously you you give them their band and they're allowed back, but in the back of the opponent's mind, you're thinking, man, I've done this all natural, okay, mm. like, 
all natural and I'm about here and your fist is going to hit me with whatever level of testosterone is now in you or all the gains that you're, all the muscle growth you've had from something like a banned substance. Yeah. Like that would like rip me off if it was me against them. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll probably happen someday. Like there'll be someone there that like, this sounds like. Definitely will be. 100%. Shit, yeah, definitely will be. There will, you would definitely come across someone who might have, it's just that we don't know about yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, for if you do know, it might be actually better. Like, it gives you a bigger push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To show that, look, hey, you know, you don't need this. I can, I can beat you without it. Without it, without it. You know, so it doesn't matter how how much you take or what you take or whatever you take. You know, yeah, yeah. Hard. Well, that's the other thing. Hard work and talent Mm. is gonna beat that any day. Exactly. Yeah. So that one's pretty interesting. We in this. Did we talk about the dojo here that you've set up? No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually here in uh, Michelle's dojo mm. that she built during the first New Zealand um, lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how do you, what, what made you want to do this and like rip the whole shit apart? Um, so we had myself and Anna and mom and dad and obviously Taco, the dog over there, all all in one house for lockdown. And oh, I don't know, like, well, we really, we need to be training during this time or, mm. and we'd really like to be. But we had we had no real space where we could do it. So just before lockdown, we ordered a bunch of these mats, um, and then we'd figure out where they would go after. So we'd ordered a bunch of the mats, and then as they were like on their way up here, um, I got dad involved, and where we're sitting now used to be full of just like you know Stuff. like like everyone's back shed done <laughs> at home, just like clean it. Yeah, it's like it is full of gems and garbage. So we cleaned all that out, and there was a little cupboard there, and this was just like a second heart of like the spa house thing. Mm. So yeah, so he started smashing that wall down. We were picking all the nails out and laid all the mats down. Um, mm. able to hang the bag up and yeah, we have a legit like training room. So we were using this like every day we'd be doing something and we'd be following the the online like classes that were happening for Corey May. So we'd mm. follow whatever it was that day, whether it was kickboxing or jets or wrestling. We'd be doing Yeah, that. that's pretty good. You know, yeah. staying busy and just being active and yeah. not just slacking off as well. That, it's so easy, man. You'd be like, yeah, that, I don't know. I, like, it got it, hard. Like the first, I think the first week, like you're still motivated. Oh, go, yeah, first week, everyone training. was so keen. Like, woohoo. And second and week, then, you see those posts start turning a little more negative. Third yeah. week, it's every other post is about alcohol. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, man, that was so much of that. Yeah. That was so much of that. It was... You know, and I think it's like the morale goes down as well mm. along with time and, you know, you get Cabin stuck at home. as well. Like, can't go wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were train. lucky here to have, you know, we set up the volleyball net out the front. So we were mucking around doing that there with the family. Like, stuff that, like, we should not be out there playing volleyball, the four of us. Yeah. Like, the clashes, <laughs> like, the physical, like, it's not, we should not be doing that. We but it, but not, it's good we you have We even had to get a... the camera out on a tripod, the vi- on Dad's phone, and video it because we had so many arguments of whether someone went touching it was in or out. So oh, first step, um, we got the camera and we're videoing it so yeah. that we could replay it. And yeah. you're like, oh, look, see. Yeah, that's a judge. Oh, Referee. Yeah. And the second part, we even spray painted on the lawn, the, like the actual like court. Like mm. this is the outline. Because, it, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's in and it's out. Yeah, there was, <laughs> there was some hectic domestics yeah. there. Oh, but that's good. You know, you have like, um, it's yeah. good that you have a a supportive and an active, you know, family. Oh, very active family, That gets yeah. behind you yeah. and gets, not only just gets behind you, but gets involved as yeah. well. Yeah, well, um, both of them have come to a couple of, like, training classes that were done in Hamilton. So they've oh, come wow. to four. Dad's done a wrestling one. I put him with a guy that was training and just prayed he didn't get broken. But uh, <laughs> came out, he walked out of there just as well as he walked in. Yeah. Looks a little bit limping, maybe. Still got back yeah. on one piece. And, uh um dad walks up behind any of us at any point and gives us chin checks so he just like walks up behind and tries to rent like red chuck us and just boom <laughs> down like that like any time any day you're always at danger yeah. if you see it when you walk out watch it yeah and uh yeah so both of them are pretty keen on it like we've had dad out here in lockdown doing jiu-jitsu and mum doing jiu-jitsu with us as well wow. doing circuits like doing the backgrounds and mm. yeah they get they get super involved with it and you it's good that you know you being um you know having all that experience and that knowledge as well you can teach them yeah and teach them the right way as well yeah well hopefully i mean god i'm still a beginner obviously too but um what i learn directly off someone i can you know 
Share, straight on, pass straight on, on, pass that on. Yeah. Um, and it reinstills that knowledge for the person teaching it as well. So definitely, definitely. it's like the beautiful part of coaching, you know, even if it's one or two classes a week with like your local gym or, or one-on-one with person, it reinstills it in your own brain. Mm-hmm. And if you, you think, oh, I've forgotten how to do that. Cool, look it up. Now you definitely know because you're looking it up and you're teaching it to someone. Mm-hmm. I think just it's be careful. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Some people just got to be careful as well. Like um, I feel that, you know, they might not have enough knowledge or experience and they start... Oh. Teaching other people the wrong Absolutely, stuff. Absolutely, yeah. You want yeah, to be yeah. a little bit careful with yeah. it, you know those sort of stuff. Like yeah. you know, talking about contact sports. Yeah. Like you know, you got to you got to know what you're dealing with, and and it's funny you go up playing like rugby, and everyone, every second person dad is a coach, like actually coach, not one of those fake yelling on the sideline ones. They're yeah. actually coaching one of the midget teams. Mm-hmm. Like my dad coached; he played rugby, and then he was coaching the midget teams. But nowadays they have so many um, courses, and you need to get ticked off and all sorts of things. Because mm. over time they realize, oh, hang on, that actually can cause a bad head, neck, back injury, etc. Mm. So all that sort of yeah. So now you coach. need to be somewhat certified mm. um, for those sorts of things. And well, same it's a bit with safer. Yeah, right? absolutely. So, but yeah, in terms of uh, combat sports, there's probably a lot of um, nodules out there, or like mm. what are they online? keyboard coaches oh yeah Yeah. online coaches (laughs) they watch like that's something that you're just going to get over time and you can only ask those people above you and experience like how to deal with it when um you get those youtube critics they just comment on stuff i haven't had it yet thankfully but like you know as you as you get a base fan base and stuff like that they're like i guess people are going to comment on it some pretty ruthless stuff mm. um and that's a part of it that you've just got like hey this person is literally zero impact in my life like either yeah. block them or just don't read that shit yeah, you know so like you've got don't to have so much you, you've got to be such a negative <laughs> mm. person to kind of want to put you yeah. know put someone down yeah. you know like but anyway you know i i feel that people um i actually talked uh, about this a little bit with junior oh yeah and now uh, you know we mentioned that you shouldn't let someone's uh, opinions really affect you mm. you know um, not only the negative stuff but the praises as well absolutely you shouldn't let you yeah. shouldn't let those comments lift you up mm. too high because if you do the bad ones just gonna bring you down mm. you know and that, that's gonna suck yeah you know? yeah uh, but I, well i mean depends how people look at it like yeah, i was gonna say there's actually there's certain people that you have in your little bubble there word of COVID month bubble but yeah so there's certain people that you'll have where you will take sick of that word yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) oh god and yeah so there's certain people cluster Mm. that will um uh that you'll that you'll ask for that criticism or that positive from but Mm. those the the best coaches that I've had don't you know what is it blow smoke up your a-hole yeah Yeah, they don't do that they they know when to like actually give you praise and say hey yep that's looking better or this like for me it's like I like technical points of what's mm. getting better not looks good more like yeah, they gotta keep you in check you're doing this thing very well but mm. like more so I, I appreciate the constructive criticism more that's right from the people that are trust in my circle mm. if it's just joe blogs down the street saying hey you're walking a bit funny yeah. you know that's gonna piss me off a little bit but if when it's someone that you actually trust and train with and they see you like day in day out um you know having good days and bad days and they know okay this is just a bad day for her she's doing this and this is a bit sloppy sit down they'll talk with you and be like hey this is really looking da 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 so mm. there's people that you want to hear those pros and cons from and then there's other people which is 90% of everyone else that you just basically got to block it out yeah. yeah yeah, you can't let it affect you too much nah. you know in general because yeah it's a, it, it can take a bit of a toll on the mind oh absolutely yeah so. your, your mind can only take so much and once you keep filling it up with other people's opinions none of your own stuff's going to fit in there that's it precisely yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% 100% yeah. um yeah, that one that that was a was an interesting topic. Um, yeah, we I had I actually had a we went a little bit deeper into that with Junior, and uh, yeah, for people who haven't watched that the previous episode, I talked with Junior about that, so go listen to that. Yeah, but now um, Michelle. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Do you actually do like coaching as well on the side? Like you... 
I understand you do like a few classes and you yeah. coach. Oh, I coach at Kuma. I coach mm. the women's class, women's MMA class on a Monday night. Mm. Um, there's a little range of like newbies and girls that maybe want to do a comp. It's not um, super intense. It's more entry level kind of stuff. So I um, I coach that class and then I had done coaching for fundraising um, mm. also for Worlds. So I was running uh, like two nights a week downtown at like the hall, running mm. rolling the mats out and just doing like a block course for people. Um, again, that was MMA as well and a little bit of fitness in there. Um, so the main benefit of why I would do it is literally for fundraising. Mm. Um, of I, course. It takes yeah. a lot of your time and effort and energy. And if you're not putting enough into yourself, it can play on your mind a bit. I feel yeah. like I need to be putting more effort into myself and learning and getting better than coaching, you know, too often because yeah. you, you start you don't to want like to drift. yeah you drift towards that it's actually a little bit of a yeah you know it's a bit it's actually you know it's very different you know from being a fighter yourself yeah. and being a coach yeah. so finding that balance as yeah. well you gotta i think um like even with rugby when i had my uh broken leg recovering i was um coaching a development like helping to coach the development team as like a, I don't know, a player coach kind of thing um and even that when I can't be on there putting in the effort myself, I find it like, oh, I just want to get in there and do it. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. A leg, I mean, leg injuries and recovery, yeah, breaking yeah. your foot, man. How, how long were you out when you... Um... Uh, all out with both of them, probably almost two years. Um, oh, wow. Because I did the, I did the, uh, whichever one, lift, oh, I did the left, right one first in rugby, mm. went for a tackle and turned the boot stuck and just... And then the other one I did uh, like a day before my flight to the Commonwealth Games. So I was in a training camp up in Canada um, and then just went for a shot. It stuck to the mat real funny. And again, just broke randomly. So oh, I'd man. been over there for two weeks already or something like that. Um, again, yeah, funded myself to go over there, Airbnb to everything. Wow. And uh, did this in my very last training session. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, the hospital bill. That's when you learn. Yeah, travel insurance. That's um, <laughs> pretty important, eh? Yeah, I, well, I I don't know, man. I this is that was my first time booking everything myself. Before it had been like, oh, a trip for. I I think that was really it. I'd done maybe Aussie a little bit or whatever, but I hadn't done like an actual book somewhere far away myself, and I was doing a sport the whole time, so I had no scar tissue to go off while I would need it. Mm. And, and usually at the end when you book on like in New Zealand, like says, hey, do you want to book something like that? Are yeah. you sure you should yeah. get it? Yeah. But this third party site I use. At the bottom, I didn't have that, and I was, had saved all this money, and I was ready to go to this training yeah, camp. So just yeah, it can it, it. sometimes it can actually cost quite a bit. I mean, yeah. to be honest, oh, it's I've, worth it. Trust me, yeah, I've seen I, that I mean, bill. <laughs> to, to be honest, I've I've traveled like quite a bit, and I've never got <laughs> any trouble. Oh man, I pray you do for I've the next never, one. Yeah, you've just yeah. like absolutely jinxed yourself. I've never <laughs> watch those legs. Okay, now I'm gonna buy. Yeah. Now I'm gonna, oh, I actually just came off a foot injury, so. Yeah, but that was here. But anyway, um, yeah, I've never, like, you know, you just want to try to save. And yeah. I feel like, oh, man. Yeah, tripling on a budget, eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, should, it was like extra maybe $100 or, you know, close to there. It depends. Like, shorter flights could be cheaper. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, there's all that thing. Oh, I could be doing that with the money, you well, know? Well, like, usually when you go for a sporting comp, yeah. um, in your entry fee or, like, where you're competing at, you're under, like, the insurance of them mm -hmm. sort of thing. So... Might be covered. Yeah, so you are for mm. that sort of stuff. But, you know, Outside the day before and after, you know, mm. so you'd need it for that or your luggage and things. But because I was going over for just my own training camp, like training mm. at this university um, and doing it all myself, it, it wasn't like part of any like, mm. organization or federation. Yeah. It was just me doing it. So I actually had to book it. Like for the real wrestling training camp, we were covered by them mm -hmm. while we were there. Yeah, just it just gotta be careful. Like learning from stuff for you know people's experiences with lost baggage. Yeah, and like you know just that freak accidents. Mm. You know whatever walking down the road. Exactly. Or, yeah. So yeah, yeah and you've you, got to fake like you're not hurt to get to New mm. Zealand and go. Oh, I just got off the plane in New Zealand. My ankle sore. Yeah, Did it here? ACC. And it can it can cost quite a bit as yeah, well overseas. Yeah. Depending where you are, depending where you are, you know, like it, it can like really burn like quite a hole. And like if for people who don't have you know, much cash on them. Mm. It's going to be another problem now is mm. worrying about where am I going to get that money? Yeah, you well, know? most amateur athletes, like, they're not rolling in any money. Yeah. It's amateur. There's no as, money involved. As you know? an amateur, that's, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, even, like, probably 
once you're pro, it's not like you're boom, I've got heaps of money now. It's not like mm -hmm. that. You're still paying your way, you know? That's it. That's yeah. it. You know, it's all hard. And that's the other thing as well. Hard-earned money. Oh, yeah. You know? Like physical labor. That's <laughs> it, you know. And you want us to spend that money, to part ways with that money. And like, you know, living on like an athlete lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, you're always trying to stretch your dollar. Yeah. And, you know, what can I use this with, with you know, to benefit? Mm. Uh, can, can I use this for paying for my training or yeah. for my food? Or yeah. It gets a bit hard. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving moving on, uh, future plans. Mm -hmm. So, Michelle, what, what's your future plans from here? Um, so, I would like to spend like the, another year staying amateur. Um, reason being that I just feel like there's a part of my game that isn't very developed. So, for me, I want to spend time focusing on that without... Just being humble, eh? Yeah. No, legit. <laughs> like, you ask my coaches and they will say, yeah, she needs to work on that before mm. she goes and rushes to being pro. Mm. And I think a lot of the reason why amateurs go like rushing to pros because, oh, there's money in it. Mm. I'm like, the amount that you're probably going to make at the start might not justify, like, you could be, you could yeah, get not... so much experience doing like those extra amateur fights. And for mm. me, just like starting a bit late with um, injuries and sticking to another sport for so long, for me, I'm like, no, I definitely need to develop these other ones. So mm. for me, I want to spend that extra, you know, this time next year. I want to do Worlds this year. And then, you know, whether it's half a year or to the end of next year. However, everything bumps forward with... Um, You're actually part travel. of the Olympic team as well? The New Zealand no, no, no. Olympic so team? Uh, Commonwealth Games team. Oh, okay. But I didn't compete with my broken leg. And mm. then, um, so we have our wrestling athletes, a handful of us that are trialing for the Olympic team. So we have to... Uh, place a certain position at these certain qualifier competitions if they go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's um. Yeah, but definitely MMA is obviously the passion and the one I want to take big picture. Um, yeah, it's hard for New Zealand on a wrestling scene. You know, with countries that are professional athletes in wrestling, it's funded because they've earned medals and their their country is a you know a strong wrestling nation. They do it at high school. There's more money in it because they can prove the results, you know. So it's kind of like a um, a cat mouse thing, like which thing first? Like, do we give them money so they can get the results, so they can be funded, or do they need to get results and then we'll be like, oh yeah, now we'll give you money. But that's all good. Like, um, I love wrestling and it's got an amazing pathway, and I think more, um, especially women in New Zealand need to be aware of it so that they can follow that too because it. Like you can actually go to these events and tick these boxes and grow your game so much. Um, but yeah, big picture wise for MA, obviously spend the next like 10, 12 months amateur. Um, I want to go down a weight group for Worlds next. So whether that's in this November where they push it back, I don't know. But so go down to featherweight for that. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then then I'll be able to maybe see if I want to go feather or bantam going forward after that. Um, I think if you're professional, you can probably go to the the best weight group for you because you have you can train full time mm. possibly um the weigh-in is in a tournament format like imaf is a tournament so you need to weigh in that weight for three four days in a row at mm. max so you can't be doing a harsh weight cut every single day you won't make it yeah it's tough yeah That's pretty tough eh? yeah exactly so um yeah so do those imaf tournaments keep doing the grappling and wrestling and try for the Olympics, like just go to our competitions, try and win the ones that we're going to around here in Oceania's um, and just see what the next step is after that. Obviously everything's a bit mixed up at the moment with travel, mm. uh, but still just plan planning for it to actually happen because uh, you don't want to get there and not be ready anyway. Mm. So mm. just train, be ready. The worst thing that happens is you peak a bit soon and have to re-peak. Um, it's pretty yeah. weird times, but like you can't this you know there's only so much you can control exactly and what you can control is being ready yeah so you know i guess for a lot of the, the athletes you know it's just staying ready yeah the hardest part obviously in that sense is is like probably for a lot of other athletes too is um if you're in a weight cut sport like do i start dropping weight now because some athletes can't make that weight you know 20 times a year they make it for the key events and if that key event gets bumped back but you've made it for it for this one that you thought was going to happen you have to recut all that weight again so some athletes might have that issue i know if um i'm going to try and be ready either way for well i will be ready either way um where the wrestling worlds happens in november or gets pushed back i'll be ready for that next weight group down um and at worst you know um a little bit 
I've had practice at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Oh, well, that's um, some pretty good plans. Okay. So the other one I wanted to ask was, um, I usually ask all the guests if they have a, you know, any advice for the people who are watching this mm-hmm. and um, what can you what can you share with them or what sort of advice would you give to the people okay. watching? Interesting. I would say, yeah. So I think it starts around the word like talking. So with it, there's a couple of things that I would say about that. Um, one big bit of advice would be finding someone in your gym, like in your combat sport gym that you can trust and be open with um it's so easy to go in there you know you've had a big day of work eight hours or whatever it is you've or you've traveled or you've got family that and it's like you've had a niggle with them so you go into this gym and you can have a bit of a mood on and no one else knows your shit so and they don't need to but you go in there maybe you train worse or maybe you snap at someone or something like that but if you've got that one person that has your back that you can say you can text for you go and like look i'm like a bit like not in a good state and you know if you partner up with them or just get them to have a quick like chill you out beforehand so having someone you can trust in your german training environment to really tell them how everything's going on because with mixed martial arts like that's such a mental game and mm. you can't be in there sparring and be distracted by something at home or you will get hurt. Mm, you um, will get hurt. Yeah, eh? you'll get hurt. It's bad for your training partners because you're not helping them grow if you're not bringing your best self either. Mm. So having someone you can help with that and they will keep you in check as well. Like, hey, like, I think we should really talk about this or don't do that. It's a bad decision. Like just all those little things and you actually trust them with their, your word. Um, and the same thing with a coach too. Having a coach that you can actually trust and feel comfortable around. I've been lucky enough to have only those sorts of coaches. I haven't had one that I've, ever thought bad of or mm. disliked like they've all been like welcomed me with open arms like carlo and doug and eugene like they all just i don't know they make me feel like part of like what mm. they're doing anyway so like a family yeah yeah it's that family vibe yeah that's i think yeah. so important because if you don't feel comfortable where you're training yeah i just don't see how you're going to develop you know if you're uncomfortable there if you haven't found made a friend or someone to talk to or you go in feeling negative every day that's gonna be so hard to grow so mm. go out of your shell talk to someone that you think you can trust about something and just have that that someone that's a coach or another teammate so that's the whole thing right it, and it could do with mental health as well you go in there depressed or you miss trainings because you get down it snowballs to missing the next ones and the mm. next thing you know it can be in such a big rut and like yeah. man i've been in, yeah, yeah i've been in those ruts before and i haven't I've, I've especially living out of town it's so i say easy for me mm. to be in a bit of a, like a state and um if you're slightly yeah, late and, and, or, yeah well, when i was like and with my leg injury coming back from that had that rehabbing and was like a bit down and stuff like that. Had been away from training, felt like I was restarting all over again, again. Mm. Um, and I had someone at the gym over there that would be like, just randomly seem you know to message me, "Hey, you're good," and I'd be like, literally, no, da da da. And they would make time for me to see them and catch up with them, and that motivated me because they are at the gym too, you know. Um, Give so, you that push. Yeah, really, just so, opening up yeah. to someone and letting them know your shit, so so they can help you in that time when you need them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, do you want to say, you know, say your thanks to anyone? Do you want to, you know, give a shout out to anybody um, um, special who helped you along your journey? Yeah, well, obviously the the people I've mentioned sponsor wise. Um, I'm scared to name in a list in case I miss one out in my panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they know who they are. Mm. I plug them all the time. So all of, all those people and their mm. um, businesses that support me as an athlete are mm. amazing. Like could not do this without them with the with the smoothness that um, it seems to have compared to before. Um, obviously my family and obviously they're the owners of I Can Kayaks letting me train and work like around my schedule. Mm-hmm. So that I could not, literally couldn't do the stuff I'm doing now. Couldn't be here right now if I had to be there, but, you know, the whole. So that's... Very fixed, yeah, kind of rigid abs- schedule. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. you know. So, and then obviously you've got your gym and your coaches, like both gyms opening their arms to me and that the team there that, you know, keeps me in check always. Like they never let me just skid by. You've always got someone there that'll say, Hey, I thought you were, was it training castle? You're here. Don't waste your time while you're up here. All that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and training partners that'll constantly keep you, you know, true as well, because mm. there will always be many people better than you, especially if you're an amateur, like That's you've already right. done it for four years. I can go to both of these gyms and, um, and ask any of those athletes that I look up to, you know, for help in that there. And they will absolutely, every single time they've given it to me with open arms. So 
I'm very grateful for all those you know supportive and kind people around me like that. You know that let me stay at their place when I'm in Auckland as well. Like amazing as well. Yeah, it always helps. You know that every little bit oh, actually does help. It may be something small to them, but for me, it's massive. It and is. It's like, it man, is. I just want to show them that gratitude, and I know over time they'll they'll get. Like I feel I can give back more over time. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, um, we've actually chatted for quite a bit and uh, we've got we both got to get off uh, to training later yes, as well yes. so um yeah we'll just wrap it up here i just want to say thank you very much michelle for coming on the um, show thank you having thank a you. chat with us and um, sharing your stories mm. and um i hope that uh, people can actually uh, pick up some of the stuff that you know we've talked about and uh, maybe some of the ladies as well, you know, mm. can get motivated to yeah, do stuff out of the usual, you know, and, um, you know, learning from your experience and, um, you know, hopefully they get motivated, inspired. Yeah, and if they ever want to hit me up, just message me and we can like either do a training or a catch up or just mm-hmm. literally just a talk. If you've yeah. got some shit bothering you, message me like. Yeah, that's the one. It, all about so, it. So, Michelle welcomes you with open arms. Um, thank you so much, Michelle, for thank coming. Um, we want to wish you all the best for your uh, future plans, mm. uh, both in your amateur and your professional career. Thank you. So um, we look forward, we look forward to your next big com and um, yeah, maybe again, two time world champ, you know? Oh, you'll see that, you'll see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, wrap it up there. Thank you so much guys for watching. And uh, for those of you who uh, don't know, subscribe to Michelle's channel and follow her uh, social accounts as mm. well. I'll just put links on there. And yeah, that's it. Wrap it up. Quality. Awesome. Thank you, man. All right. Hey, guys. Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also, you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast.